to prison. It's an odd the prisoner podcast. Welcome to Imprisoned in Prison, a prisoner prison cast. The I'm your host, Mark Malik. You didn't say this comma. It's comma, the, right? Comma. The. Okay. The. We want we want everything to be grammatically in punctuation. Welcome right? to the prisoner, the prisoner, the prison. Uh, wow. Welcome. Hi. This is Matt here. I'm the other person talking. It's not all just Mark yeah, having are. a conversation with himself. But it would, could be if you be give good. enough to our Patreon. Right. Not uh, like I said, not a monologue, but you're actually just having a conversation with yourself the inter- for an hour. <laughs> well, <laughs> it could it could happen. Yep, yep. It definitely could have already happened today off mic. Yes. Um. So today it's many happy returns. Episode nine, maybe we we've decided it's episode nine, or my DVDs decided it's episode nine. So in most cases, it's near the middle. Okay. So this is in most like, orders. This is like even the, though, even though what? You're gonna blow even though in production order it was number thirteen. Ooh, lucky! Which puts it at the very end of the episodes that George Markstein worked on. Oh yeah, so they did the finale before this? No, after George oh, Markstein okay. was out before that. Oh yeah, okay. in. He and uh, let's just get to the trivia since we've already just gone to the trivia. This will do it. Uh, this episode is the second directed by Pat- Patrick McGowan after previously directing Free for All, being the uh, first episode after the pilot that Maybe. we watched. <laughs> the first episode we watched after the pilot. Uh, that's especially impressive because he spends so much of this episode just on screen alone, not talking to himself. He'll be directing three more after this, including the series finale. Uh, George Markstein left after this episode because he had a disagreement with Patrick McGowan over how the series should end. What dis- what did he not like about it? I guess we'll find out in about eight episodes. Uh, he does make a cameo as the man at the front desk at number six's office, just like he does in the opening credits. Uh, it originally aired on November 10th, 1967. <clears throat> McGowan also co-wrote the episode with Anthony Skeen, who previously, the two previously wrote Dance of the Dead together, and uh, Anthony Skeen wrote A, B, and C by himself. You may remember that from previous episodes. Uh, Mrs. Butterworth, a.k.a. this week's number two, is played by Georgina Cookson, whom you might remember as one of the party guests inside number six's head in A, B, and C. She was a skilled actor of stage, film, and television whose career dated back to the 1940s, previously appearing in Your Past is Showing and Your Money or Your Wife. Donald Sinden appears as the colonel. He was pursuing a career in architecture, but then fell in with a theater company, entertaining the troops in World War II, which led to a theater and then film and TV career. He also appeared in Your Money or Your Wife and later starred in The Day of the Jackal and Run for Your Wife. Is that a sequel? No. Patrick Cargill 
Piers is Thorpe. He was a TV and film actor with a deep resume who is known for his impeccable comic timing. His career lasted until 1990 when he starred in his final role as Neville Chamberlain in the pilot Heil, Honey, I'm Home. He will appear in the future Prisoner episode Hammer into Anvil, which was immediately before this in production order, as another number two. It is left ambiguous whether that number two and Thorpe are the same character. Trivia end. Right. See, I need, I didn't, I need that, that cue, you know? You got it. I was still thinking about syrup. This is Buttersworth, isn't that? Maple syrup? Yeah, she did get, she dispensed some maple syrup in this one, didn't she? Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah, well, I heard if you take, um, like, at Waffle House, if you get the pancakes and you put an egg on top and then wait, pour wait. syrup on it, it tastes like wedding cake. What pancakes? They're pancakes at Waffle House? Maybe it's waffles. I don't know. Uh, they don't have pancakes at the yeah. Waffle House? Seems I don't think do. so. I think they have waffles. Isn't that a whole... I could be wrong. Okay, don't, if, you take don't... The wa- if you take the waffle and put an egg on it and then pour maple syrup on it, it's like a wedding cake. So I'm just trying to make a connection between syrup and cake since she serves one up. I would absolutely eat that. Right. Lots of calories, I'm sure. But when, when I, I use, I'll when I'll I'll walk an extra couple of miles. Right, it's fine. Uh, I do not, I do not see a pancake on their menu. But go okay. ahead. You might be right. It's been like twelve years since they've been in Waffle House. More. It's been more than twelve years. It's been like thirteen years. Okay. There isn't uh, a Waffle House in Japan. That's that's sad. But there's even places in America that are devoid of Waffle Houses. But you have, but you do have the uh, Howard Johnsons, whatever it is, which we don't have anymore. No, we don't have that. We have Toys R Us, Tower oh, cool. Records. Uh, although that's as shallow as form herself now. Um, who else is here? That oh, Coco's. Maybe you're thinking of Coco's. Oh, Coco's. That was good. Yeah, Coco's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I was saying plot. Here we go. Yep. Number six wakes up to a village devoid of people and with the utilities cut. He crafts a raft, commandeers a boat, and lands on the shores of England. He makes his way back to his swinging pad to find it inhabited by the kindly Mrs. Buttersworth, who says she has lived there for 10 years. She at least gives the man back his car, K-A-R, and number six drives it back to his old workplace. They are suspicious that number six is a double agent, but he proves his story about the village and they get into some hardcore cartography to figure out where it is. With coordinates set, number six sets off to find it with a jet pilot. They are successful, but the pilot ejects number six, and he ends up right back where he started to find returning utilities, roving marching bands, and the new number two, Mrs. Buttersworth, presenting him with a birthday cake, because it's your birthday. And there's a parade. Yeah, I said roving marching bands. That's a parade. That's a different way of of referring to a parade. There is always a marching band. Yeah. So, um, <clears throat> yeah, so do you but, think the cat is number one? Yes. Cause he stayed, Me too. he stayed there, you know? Yeah. He was like looking like he knew stuff, knew something. It's number one's place. It's the kitty place. Um, true. Well, at least he, you know, now he definitely fits knows where he and is. He sits. And that's a, maybe he doesn't know. No, he knows where he is. Cause he was looking at maps the whole time. I was like, the jet pilot could have gone in a different direction, but that was a, uh, I'm going to say, uh, 
I don't understand. I don't entirely understand the plan of this episode. No one ever asked why he resigned. It was just sort of, and and also, I guess it required for a specific. Either he had to be in a specific plane with a specific guy who was going to eject him when they found the, uh, the island or the village, or everyone was in on it. There isn't maybe, really a. Maybe they were thinking of you know letting him join on back up, like they wanted him to unresign in this one. Do you think maybe they wanted him to unresign and then they kind of remembered how much it sucked to work with him, so they just decided they put him back? Yeah, that's why they're like, oh, that's an interesting man. That's the way of, of, of calling him a, an arse. <laughs> there know, was it's, a like, it's like if someone shows you their painting and you don't like it, you're like, oh, that's interesting. Remember he said something to one of the, the guys? He said, if, if you call me number six again, I'll put you in the hospital. Do you think that maybe he was like, oh, okay. Well, then we'll just put you back in the village. Yeah, up to that point, he was actually he was part of the team again. <laughs> he was fine, and they were just like, "Oh, really?" Then <laughs> that is not charming. He screams at me. Yeah, that the, that the obtuseity, obtuseness of the plot aside, this is one of my favorite episodes of the series so far. Yeah, and it, it does that thing of being basically completely silent for the first god. How long was it? Twenty five minutes. Is this a reverse bottle episode? Because it because takes of... place everywhere else. Yeah, it's got a little bit. It's, it's bookended by the village. Outside of the bottle episode. Okay. Um. They, but they're guests. It's the rest of the world. The bottle. The rest of the world's a bottle. Yeah. This is a large bottle episode. Because yeah. if it's if it Star Trek, they'd go to, to another planet, right? It's a jug episode. The world is a bottle on top of a turtle that rides an elephant. And the elephant is number one. Yes. Okay, where were we? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can't find anything on the internet about the language being made up, but it felt like the language was made up when the lady was like, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah, I have some notes for that. Let's see what I wrote down. Oh, cool. Okay, I, I was just I was just trying Don to write. Doro, do, 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 do. <laughs> First, I wrote Diddy Mao. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real language. <laughs> and then I know, but that's what I thought. I was when I was trying to work it out as a real language tool. That's I was like, is that what she said? Um, dumb and dumb, dumb and don, didinka. Mm-hmm. Dumb and dumb, dumb and don, didinka. That's what I have in my notes too. Okay, it's, I mean it's kind of hard to read. It. I also <laughs> I use that village font so for my notes. <laughs> I mean, since they uh, since they've already made up a language for previous episode, I just was thinking that this is made up too, right? We, yeah, it's like not, no. it's like Klingon, where there's a complete language, um, you know. For the, the show. and the funny thing is, it was England anyway. Like it was just sort of this weird red herring where it's like. Oh, you thought you were in Poland, did you? It's probably Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Welsh not enough like. hissing. <laughs> um, yeah, well, I guess it was like a little en- enclave of, you know, workers from North something. I was Poland. about to say I was about to say North Macedonia, but that's a real place, so it seemed to fit. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but North Macedonia is a real place, but not North Macedonia. No, I believe North Macedonia is actually the name now because um, oh. Greece has Macedonia. So when 
the country called itself Macedonia. Like, hey, you're assuming that our province is part of Greece. So the um, part of the compromise was they called themselves North Macedonia. Son of a bitch. They have a pretty cool flag. Yeah. Anyway. There, there's some pointless geography for you. <laughs> Unless pointless geography. Greece. They call it the podcast. Anyway, if you're the Greek geography here is... Important. The, the only geography here is leaving the village and going back to it. Um, I guess we were... I don't know about you, but the entire time my brain was exploding, like wondering how they were going to get him back in the village, knowing that they were going to get him back in the village. Was ejector seat uh, like on your list? Nope. Okay, so that was nope. Not... I thought I thought it was all going to be fake or something like that. Because like it was going to be like fake ride that and... much. I mean, they drove around. Yeah. That... There's that one a few weeks ago where they drove him around in circles in a van for a while, but he couldn't see out of the van. So, I I suppose it was just a thing where they've they have already made him believe that he's escaped more than once. So he did escape. Really he did that. See, okay. That, yeah, he did. I'm saying I thought that he was imagining it or something like that. People complain that the Daniel Craig Bond movies is always like, you know, Bond is like blacklisted and out of the and mission impossible as well. But I mean, that's what you do. If, if you've been railroaded this hard, you know, you, you take yourself out of the system a little bit, which uh, number six, puts himself right back in you know which isn't i don't know is that the smartest move uh apparently not this <laughs> is kind of the second week in a row where he's done the not very smart move yeah i guess they're starting to break him down then is that is that it because he was slicker in the earlier episodes we'll see he's, maybe he's a little more desperate now you know <laughs> i mean he definitely i'm gonna say he definitely seemed pretty traumatized when he was sort of looking around trying to figure out how to escape <laughs> like he yeah. didn't look like he didn't look like a, a super happy guy who just wanted freedom he looked like just kind of oh yeah he ends up looking quite disheveled in this episode which is, is pretty fun but also it was production order number 13 so well i mean he's supposed been doing to, it a while he's, he's supposed to be scribble headed and unshaven right so he he actually looks vagrant-esque yep uh so, so we 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 meet car 160c in this what's well, we in every close episode. and personal with it 120c i'm sorry we get to drive it around for a bit now that's nice it's been overheating in traffic though well you take it out on the open country roads which is what he should have done <laughs> <laughs> it'd be funny if he just like tried to escape and then it overheated and then, then they put him back in the village yeah i mean i'm sure the car had like a tracker or something in it you know a bomb right because <laughs> he'd already met mrs buttersworth and had some sandwiches by that point so i mean she gives him the car right yeah well never trust someone who took your house so where is the village it was northwest of morocco and southwest of portugal and spain right right I was north just... yeah northwest that's that's that, so it's atlantis is that where Atlantis is? Well, it's one of the things that is, uh, you know, out past the Straits of Gibraltar. Do you think mermaids are going to show up before the end of the series? Is it the Azores or the whether the there's some islands out there that are some? Oh, one dude, of the contenders. King Triton is number one. Of what? Uh, what from the Little of... Mermaid? He's he runs the village. King Triton. Oh, right, of Atlantis. Okay. He lives underwater, though. Yeah, he's right there. The village is not underwater. 
the the um, rovers are all like his uh, used condoms. Okay, so <laughs> it's a fish egg. Should I, yes, a fish egg. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the only explanation, really. Or used condoms. Yeah. Anyway, full of energy. That that's what I I. Well, yeah, my note is that spot on the map was probably Atlantis. Uh, there's another. I I think there's a Babini Road, right? That's that's a Babini. Bimini Road. It's uh, Bimini. Bimini Road's off the coast of Bermuda, Bahamas, something. Come on, pretty mama. I don't know, something like that. But uh, oh, it's Bikini underwater. Bahama, come on, pretty mama. Yeah, and it looks like a road underwater. You know, so so, so Mike Love is number one. Mike Love is yeah. Mike Love's always number one. <laughs> he he is telling himself that in the mirror right now and punching the mirror. Come on, feel the love. <laughs> is he disheveled? Yes, you're at number one. <laughs> and no one ever did anything. You're all the Beach Boys. You are the. There's only one Beach Boy, and it's you, Beach Boy, Beach Boy, Beach. Punch this mirror. Punch this mirror. That's why yeah. the beach at the village is so large. Exactly. It's just for one boy, a <laughs> special boy, Mike Love. Rover is just one of his hats because his hats keep getting bigger. Is yeah. exactly <laughs> rover is what kokomo is about really <laughs> <laughs> okay it's it's good to work this stuff out you know it's kind of like how how the shining was um you know stanley kubrick admitting he'd faked the moon landing so kokomo is mike love admitting that he was the actual creator and uh, driving force of the prisoner i think both of those works are just admissions that they did too much cocaine <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> it could be that too, you know. It's a uh, Occam's razor. You choose the the simpler one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I think St- I think Stanley Kubrick was admitting that Stephen King did too much cocaine. Right. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I didn't didn't get the idea that um, I think Kubrick is more of just a chain smoker, but his wife wouldn't let him smoke, so he'd have to borrow cigarettes from everybody. And then his wife would have to apologize to his crew for all the cigarettes he was bumming off of them. I'm quite them. sure that he has punched a few mirrors while yelling something into them before. Kubrick? Yeah. Apparently he was relatively, I mean, chill-ish, not with Shelley Duvall, but, you know, like, like you know, he wasn't like screaming at people. He was like, you know, get it done, you know. <laughs> have you heard him talk much? Actually, I haven't. What does he? What does Stanley Kubrick's voice sound like? I just figure he would sound like this. Hey, hello. Was it like higher? He's from the Bronx. He talks like a dude from the Bronx. Well, he's like, hey, well, says we. I says to Shelley Duvall, come here. I'm gonna shoot you in the face if you don't scream. Ah, it's like not, that. Not, not quite. Just got out of sing sing sounding, but uh, yeah, that that general <laughs> vibe. It's that's closer than the uh, cultured voice you were thinking of. So. so I'm chasing this broad in this movie set and she's uh, screaming and I'm just like, ah, <laughs> you're, I want to be like that. You're getting a little more mafia there. I think I can't uh, help it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like every accent turns into that, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just saw eyes wide shut for the first time, like a f- two months ago. Oh yeah. Did you, how, how did you dig it? It was okay. Okay. I um, didn't um it was much smaller than I expected it to be, if that makes sense. Like yeah, well it's insular, right? Yeah, and also the I wasn't a huge fan of the way the score just went 
You know, it's like, but on a piano, so it's not like the Jaws soundtrack. It's like Jaws on Quaaludes. So kind of, but like not as interesting. Was there no music in the first half of this episode? Was there just like nothing except like clunking sound effects? There was a lot of silence. Yeah, yeah. There was there was some of the like that one musical cue that's just like like that dissonant guitar. Right, but there's some of that. It's pretty silent every way. So I've only seen Twenty Eight Days Later once, but I that at least popped in my mind. I mean, fewer zombies in this one, but more sandwiches. But uh, yeah, I fell asleep. In that movie. Oh, oh okay. I was uh, worried you'd fall I asleep. Fell, I mean, I watched it at someone's house, I but I, I fell asleep like 10 minutes in. So I was I worried know. you'd fall asleep in this episode, you know? And then you show up for the podcast anyway. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was, he was walking around the village, and hey, what do you know? <laughs> I'm going to say this was better than 28 Days Later, but I'm you know, a little biased. Okay. And it's been a while since I watched it. I mean, uh, you know, I obviously we like this because we're watching the whole thing but uh <laughs> yeah what's it yeah it's like i have stakes if there's a zombie anything i'm like when are they gonna die that's like the only question this is like has more interesting questions than that <laughs> even if uh, i it's just as certain that he's gonna end up back in the village as it is that people in a zombie movie are gonna die tinta man is strong tinta man is strong what does that mean what was that from? When at the airport, when he was about to go off in the in the jet, um, there was like this cart, and it said on the top, like Pintaman is strong. And I was like, what does it? It's, it was very bizarre. Missed that. Okay, it was like a red card or something, and it and I, yeah, I thought that was going to have something to do with him going back to the village, like they were going to knock him out, putting him in the cart or something. But you know, I am Tintaman, the new number two. You messed up, kid. You're back. <laughs> <laughs> don't try to escape again i'm strong maybe uh, well you know, well you start looking because especially in the village like every production detail is so thought out in this show you know so you pay attention to stuff well i paid attention to that um <laughs> mm. uh, so he didn't do a great job with the uh boat jackers even though he did he did kind of mess them up, but I, I was kind of expecting him to kill them. <laughs> and he just sort of like barely sub, barely subdued them and then swam off. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did write sleep, Gunter, sleep. That was fun. They, they called him <laughs> Gunter, did they? It, it yeah. did make, you know, I, I hate to keep bringing out the Bond comparisons, but it did make me think of the uh, From Russia with Love train fighting a little bit, where it's just like no soundtrack and violent. <laughs> Yeah, it was, little, yeah <laughs> it was definitely it went from like strangling to punching which is like always fun it was those guys were german right i couldn't i don't I, think I, they made that language up that that's why i wrote sleep gunter sleep i think but uh and th- this uh, did have music they did start doing some music at that point where um they kind of have this mission impossible ripoff although i guess in 1967 you can still get away with ripping off mission impossible without raising too many eyebrows what year did Mission Impossible start? Sixty six. No idea. I've okay. actually never seen the series. I've only watched the movies. And oh, okay. Only two of those. Well, the theme. The theme fits. Oh, you should watch those. those are good movies. I, I'd, uh... I, I've seen one and wait, no, three, one, four, and six. I think five is the best. So you missed that. Didn't and then, and really then, like four. 
And then two is so insane. It's worth watching. I should watch two because it is John Woo. Yeah, and it's it's pretty nutso. Like, yeah. It's the peak of Tom Cruise, like, trying to convince everyone he was cool and, and kind of managing still. Well, the interesting thing about the most recent one was just that he never looked old except for sometimes when he looked really confused. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess Maverick kind of walked that line a little better. I did not. I I had Paramount Plus for like two months and just forgot to watch it, and I forgot to watch the movies. So I'll see it someday. Uh, yeah. um, the films, the TV series started in '66, so this was like okay. concurrent. So, well, I was just so they were just just you know ripping off something relatively new. You know, they're like people will remember the prisoner, they forget about Mission Impossible. Well, I oh, mean, maybe Danger Man was like this. Who knows? That's true. The best um, Mission Impossible ripoff theme, though, is from the uh, 10 minute Tom Cruise uh, Scientology video. Have you seen this before? I'm pretty sure I have. It's got just a like kind of like almost Mission Impossible in the background. It keeps having Tom talking about how, how, you know, you just know and you can get out and help people and you can really. And then it cuts like he just keeps saying things and never making a complete thought. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but he's yeah, really the Scientologist. What was the thing where the voice of Bart Simpson was like calling people as Bart Simpson asking for money and gotten like a tremendous amount of trouble about it? Oh, I didn't hear about that. Okay. <laughs> that was, I mean, that was a very long time ago now, probably as long ago as that Tom Cruise video, but. Right, right. <clears throat> anyway, yeah, uh, just, I, I noticed fake theme, I guess because there had been no music for quite a while up to that point too, so. Yeah. But, you know, at that time I was like, what's going to happen? Pretty, pretty hardcore. And I guess I was kind of bummed that he didn't have his house anymore, his car. Like, how are you going to, break out of prison and you don't have your house your car anymore you got a sandwich out of the deal yeah and some nice clothes and like a hairstyle and he got the car he did be borrowed did, it but he has well, to give it back oh yeah well he can you know at least he gets to take his first all of that so what if the rest of the what if right after this episode she just takes him to a torture chamber and is like why didn't you bring me back my car <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the next episode. I don't know. Although I don't think she shows up again, does she? No. It's she just... shows up and run for your wife. <laughs> no, your money, your money, or your wife. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Yeah, you got to get those withdrawn. Those those straight. That's right. We regret the error. We regret the err. 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 We regret the car. Dum and dum, dum and non, ding ding ga. <laughs> we regret the dun 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 Yeah, the lighthouse never really like factored anything. There's there are a few red herrings here. It makes me kind of wonder if it was just like they were just kind of winging it. Actually, for 1966, yeah, television heroes don't end up using end up looking this screwed up. You know, halfway through their adventure. I guess not. This the 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 thing this kind of reminds me of is there was a specific Lost in Space episode where it was like one of the worst dated one of the worst dated episodes of anything I've ever seen, which is like one of the characters that um Billy Mummy gets like transported back to Earth magically and it's like but nobody believes that he's the same Will Robinson who's in space. But it's basically like he's in some like P 
penny candy store and the guy's like well you get out of here you stupid kid and it's like the series supposed to take place in like 1997 or something like that it's just (laughs) like no this life is not like this at all in the future sorry right well that's uh, one of the aces in the hole for the prisoner that you get like this themed experience right of, of the village um yeah well it's like even the stuff they did in actual london wasn't dated badly they weren't they weren't like they was i mean it's a minimalist show there the, the cast is always like six people it's probably the largest cast of any episode we've seen so far as like eight people mm. no um sorry that that isn't the point i was actually trying to make i was actually getting to the point of um have you been in like empty theme parks have uh sort of i mean i've been to six flags on days where it was like private special days where not as many people could go i guess if that counts not like completely empty back in the days when i'd hit the parks (laughs) on the regs in japan um i'd always target like a thursday in february knowing that wouldn't be that busy and a few times like at night i remember like being at disney and i being there's nobody here this is a little bit creepy (laughs) i mean for disney that sounds creepy disney sea as well like we were getting fast passes and and then and then a little bit get we were getting fast passes about 10 30 in the morning i was like why are we getting fast passes there's like literally nobody here you know, we wrote Indiana Jones and was like, hey, was the skull blue or red? I don't know. Let's write it again because there was no line. <laughs> well, people might always might show up later. Who knows? Right, right. Oh, no, no. It was, it was empty all day. But yeah, I just when oh. he was going through his his uh, empty village that that came to mind as the experience I've had, that would be the closest. Um, of course, mine was not, you know, the utilities were still on and the rides were running. So that that helped. I mean, dead malls. You probably didn't. You probably didn't get a whole lot of dead mall experience before you left the states, right? A little bit. I've I've watched some videos, but yeah. If um, I'll tell you, Gwinnett Mall, right at the beginning of the pandemic, it was like one of the first things I actually did after, or right before it sort of quote unquote lockdown happened. Was like very extremely dead. I I think it was soon after that they just didn't let people walk through it at all. But that was not long after after someone died, or I guess was murdered allegedly at <laughs> well, they the subway. At the subway in the food court, there was just a body there for like two weeks, and nobody found it. Oh, okay, like that's how dead the mall was. Mm-hmm. It's just like um, behind a counter. Yeah, we went to a mall yesterday that would seem deadish, but that's because it's in the middle of reno- renovations. So I was like, hey, you want to go to the bookstore? You want to go to the bookstore? Yeah. Well, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, did, did you ever go to North DeKalb Mall when they were renovating it in like the 80s? Oh, yeah, yeah. That was a scaffolding. North Lake did that as well. Yeah. yeah. But that's not a crazy. dead mall. That's a renovating mall. But um, that was still like creepier than most things because it was like felt like you shouldn't be in there. I mean, Japan has like basically empty villages you can find here and there. They're they're actually rotting though because no one actually lives there. Like there's like you know two two elderly people living in a village that had like five hundred people like you know thirty years ago. Did you show me like a train station that nobody uses, or did I just see that on YouTube? I feel like you might have shown me a train station that nobody uses uh, at one point when we were out out in uh, your town possibly um i mean there are train lines that a few train lines that no longer exist uh like spurs you know imagine that yeah so 
yeah, I've just I, I find the empty village experience um interesting. So it's fascinating. I mean that's part I think that's part of the charm of this episode. Yeah, that's what made it super heavy in the beginning, and you're kind of like, what's uh it feels it feels like it feels like it really belongs in the middle of the series. I'll put it that way. Yeah. Okay. Well it's, it is. It feels it. like it's yeah, it feels almost like it could be the end. You could <laughs> look at it a little like the intermission, I guess. Well, it was the end for the producer, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was like, Yeah, that works. Uh, Dude out. Sorry, co- I forgot his name. Co creator. Yeah. Co creator, George Markstein. Right, right. Well, you know, at least he got to be at the front desk. Yes. Always at the front desk, am I? <laughs> yeah, he just quit because of that. It's like, uh, I'll show you who's at the front desk. Nobody. You meant you were talking about the plan being convoluted. So what what is the mind game here exactly? Like you said, they never even ask him why he resigned. I think it's just to make him feel bad. Mm. Right? I thought it was maybe like a field trip. Like this is how they do field <laughs> trips in the village. <laughs> like it's like you, if you feel you you would think this is uh this is a thing to make you feel make you realize that you'll never escape from here. Mm. But like you were saying, it wasn't like he inevitably was going to be on an airplane. You know, he could probably do the same thing again and not be on an airplane. And also now he knows where he is. See, the airplane you can set up, right? That's their plane, their man, their pilot. The the one that I'm thinking about more is uh, he was on a raft for 25 days. That could go bad. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, that could have absolutely killed him. So it's just... (laughs) What's going on here? Maybe it's, they were watching him the whole time. He fell in. They, you know, scoop him out. I don't know. Like, I don't know if there was a safety on that or not. But even if he say fell off the rap, rap, he did. Raft. He did fall off the raft. Yes, he was yes, pushed he off the raft. Right, right. So yeah, <laughs> they didn't save him then. <laughs> so, they yeah, were just yeah. watching, and they're like, "Yeah, he's fine." Yeah, he's he's a, he's he's <laughs> he's the star of the series. He's not gonna die. <laughs> Yeah, that's what they were thinking. They're like, yeah, it's, he's a star. He's not going to die. It's fine. Maybe that's what the producer is doing here. The co-creator is like, no, no, he dies now. <laughs> <laughs> this is the end. This is my end. <laughs> you know, it's really unfortunate that um, nobody should look at the IMDb about this episode because it actually did have a spoiler about the end of the series that I accidentally looked at. Oh, oops. <laughs> <laughs> so now I think I know what uh what bothered Oh I I Mark Steen. No, I I've known the entire time, man. <laughs> I know you know. <laughs> but um yeah. Did it did they properly ratchet up the uh the intensity for this one, I guess. Because that's I keep mentioning order. I feel like at least I mean I haven't heard anyone say that, but I just have the impression that oh each each of these mind games should be more intense than the last one. This one doesn't have any drugs or anything though. Well, the intensity is it's sort of like when in later Twilight Zone episodes it kind of you start asking yourself what's the twist and it sometimes specifically caters to people is like you want to see a twist? There's no twist. Yeah, you know, it's like it's like you're wondering the whole time what's going on. Like it, it works really well as a that's why it works really well as a ninth episode because at this point I'm like, what's happening? What's happening? What's gonna happen? See, I'm He's just not. At, yeah, see, I'm just at the, the point where I'm like, did he have an out here and he just didn't do it right, you know? 
Yeah, like, he or did. was or was unless the, they were just going to kill him if he did that, or or abduct him. Well, I'm just which uh, is I mean, most likely, you know, by hook or by crook, he was eventually going to end up back at the village, no matter how much ball he played. I guess so. Anyway, yeah, that that's I mean they don't answer <laughs> that, right? That's 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 the uh, the food to stew on. And I'm not saying it's a plot hole. I'm just like saying that's actually something to think about, right? That's interesting. <laughs> It is interesting because, like, could this have been the last episode? Mm. I guess we'll know when we see what happens in the last episode because I didn't get that kind of a spoiler. But we will, we will right. see. There is an episode after this for sure. I know that. Um, I should see what that is. Do hey. you have anything else you want to throw out on this one? Uh, not really. It was fun. It was a fun uh, field trip. It's diversion. your funeral. It's someone else's funeral. It's your funeral. My funeral? Yep. Well, What's next? It's your funeral. Oh, okay. Well, you know, don't uh, don't burn me alive. Wait till okay. I'm dead. Okay. I, I don't. I guess know that wouldn't be a funeral, then, would it? Then it'd be a murder. <laughs> <laughs> Is it if you like have a funeral and kill someone at the funeral? Does it stop? Does it turn from a murder into a funeral? We'll talk about that in the next episode because it's your funeral. Okay, that sounds like a good teaser for the next next week when we'll definitely remember to say that. Right, we will. That's the name of the episode. It's your funeral. Yeah. Okay. Well, you can find us at the prisoner pod on Twitter and Facebook. You forgot the name Twitter. Did you? I forgot whether it existed still or not. That's not even that jokes in age terribly. Isn't it? Do people work at Twitter now? I don't even know that less and less all the time. Okay. I hadn't broken yet, I guess as of the end of January, but Hey, who knows what February will bring. Although you're well, hearing this in probably March or something. Yeah. So it's extra confusing. So I'm going to say, hey, I sure hope that um, that joke aged well. And you can find us <laughs> at something or other. Maybe uh, maybe we'll put it on Mastodon too, just in case. Worst plug ever. That's the next episode is worst plug ever. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. And then I should probably mention episodes are early of this and other podcasts like the sci-fi sanctuary and the twilight zone when we mentioned at a uh, podcastio podcastius on patreon also luke loves pokemon for your pokemon needs and game game show for your game show about game needs and occult disney for your occult disney needs and <laughs> what else, what else do, do, do the people need Monster Mash for your mashing needs. Yes, Monster Mash if you need to mash some monsters. <laughs> Smash or pass right. this monster. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we, I don't even know. You're probably actually referencing something that happened on that podcast.
You were standing in the dark, my friend. There was desperation, suspicious minds. People guessing that you weren't that kind. Come with me in the abyss. Little utopias in a sea of bliss. It seems that logic put you out among the Broken-hearted lovers living in doubt If it's out of sight then it's out of your head An empty mind will leave you happy until you are dead Come with me in the abyss In a sea of bliss You can go the four corners of this world Just do not forget that you lost that girl Every day makes pain memories Time moves on but just won't let you be Come with me in the abyss